0: Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
1: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning
0: What is going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're really back this time. Uh, We're your hosts, I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And today we've got kind of a mixed bag, but it's a fun one. Um, A bunch of the strangest, in my opinion, dumbest EV features we've seen in a long time. Um, Also, possibly some of the strangest, dumbest smartwatch features we've seen in a long time. And then a whole bunch of the AI stuff that we've seen over the past couple weeks and months sort of building up. One of those things where, like, I think we're going to end up making a video on the main channel about this. And this is one of those times where we kind of use the podcast to have the conversation that turns into the Jump video. Jump off, yeah. We sort of figure it out as we go. So we're doing it live. We're doing it live. But first, we just want to say uh, thanks for sticking with us. We're all good. We're back. We're yeah. in the studio. And we're also, if you're watching the video version, wearing some pieces that you probably are going to want to if you're If you're interested for the holiday season probably gonna wanna check out shop.mcbhd.com. I'm wearing the holiday sweater that is, no doubt by the time you see this, almost sold out, just a warning. This is a limited edition thing. I think it's only like
2: bigger sizes left, and it's baggy too, so. Yep, uh, so check it out if you're interested. Andrew's got the chevron sweater. Chevron, the OG, I'm being Marquez for today. Um, Personal favorite. Yeah, we just wanted to throw them on real quick because if you want them by holiday season, probably should order them quick. We don't shout out merch too often here, so please give us a a quick minute to do it, Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Thank you so much for all the kind words last week. Um, we all feel great now. And just big shout out to Adam, who, while we were sick, we, th- we really thought we would get back in on time, and we didn't. So last minute, threw an idea at Adam, and he made a two-hour-long podcast episode. I didn't know we had such a streak going until we checked. 100. I think that was our 144th episode. That's and almost three years it, in a row. It's pretty crazy. And the funniest thing is, the closest we've ever come to missing an episode was episode one, because... <sighs> We got messed up on when we were supposed to release it, and you were in California. You flew back from California, right? Recorded an episode on Thursday, and, and then flew then back to flew, California. Yeah, for what flew I back like two hours airport. later. Yeah, a good time. So yeah, streak is alive. Episode one forty five today. Yeah. Keep it going. Let's keep it going. We'll see how it goes. This you is the longest
3: to... relationship I have with anything in my life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Same. That's Marquez has been through like 14 different project yeah. apps. How since many phones we have we
0: used? The first phone we were using was probably very different when we started the podcast. You want to talk about these ear, uh, what is this? earbuds or watch? Which would you call okay. it? Okay. Uh, let's do
2: earbuds. Okay. Or th- yeah, that's a good point. Is it a smart- watch? I think it's a smart watch. Smart watch. Okay. So Huawei. I don't know if this was a leak or Huawei posted it. I I saw it on The Verge, but essentially it's a new Huawei smartwatch that then pops open and has two Huawei earbuds inside it. And when I first saw this, my immediate thought was, cool, the two things I want in a smartwatch are for it to be thicker and for it to have worse battery life. So I don't understand this at all. And surprisingly, when I said that on Twitter, a lot of people disagreed with me and thought this was really cool. And I'm just baffled by that aspect.
0: It's, uh, I'll tell you what it is, which is an interesting gadget. And we don't get that many interesting gadgets. Aren't all the smartwatches kind of the same looking at this point? You can get the square one. I
2: don't think this looks any different. One. than. I think this just looks worse than other ones because it's thicker. Right. matter
0: how many of them also let you hold... And charge your earbuds like functionally okay functionally that's kind of cool
2: I would love to hear this argument
0: no I just mean like okay in the future someday when battery life isn't dramatically compromised in this tiny amount of space wouldn't it be cool to also be able to have your earbuds just like in your smartwatch
2: just as one of those uh, as a hypothetical yeah a hypothetical hypothetical I, I sure the thing here is is like wireless truly wireless earbuds like this are the absolute easiest thing to carry out of anything else in the tech world. Like this, these are the smallest carrying cases possible. They're super easy to bring with you literally anywhere. Even like, I know a lot of women say that they don't have pockets. Like they have enough of a pocket to fit an earbud case in
0: generally like this. I think this is a, uh, one of the things that's underrated about some wireless earbuds that actually have a small case. Cause a lot of them have an, a surprisingly unwieldy case. Fair. And I think the, the smartwatch would be the smallest case possible do you know why
2: they're unwieldy because they have good battery life and they put yeah they put a
0: big battery in them and then they they need like the shape around them and they need a nice clamp and some magnets and the clasp and they put it all together but like the beats are like a giant case for no reason like they don't need it to be that big i don't think yeah airpods are, are like literally one of the smallest cases for wireless
2: earbuds they do yeah AirPods are weird. When you look at them next to other ones they look about the same size but because of the it's shape thin. and the thinness of it it's usually much easier. I like I've found them to be some of the easier ones to carry around. Yeah. Um new Galaxy Buds are are pretty good, but this just to me I mean like it one of the arguments <laughs> I saw was no, now your watch has more batteries because the earbuds have batteries in it and it can take from the earbuds and I was like oh. but then your earbuds have no batteries. Yeah, that's well, weird. That's it, you're just saying that there's space in there that could have just been a battery. So one I, of these I things
0: has to have a terrible battery life. I mean, with today's I technology, th- I would argue both of them
2: have a terrible battery. Probably, life. Probably, yeah. That's
0: but you know the idea,
2: the 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 future. The thing possibility. is, is like <laughs> the, I'm wearing the Galaxy Watch Five right now. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think a pair of wireless earbuds could fit in this? No. How much bigger do you think this would have to be? Four I also, I'm using the 40 millimeter also. So like this is the smaller one. Yeah, I mean, I have the the Watch Ultra and there's no way anything. There's no way here. earbuds would fit in that. And that yeah. is gigantic. Like there yeah. are a lot of people saying the Watch Ultra is really cool, but they could never wear it every day because it's way too big. This thing is going to be gigantic. Look at how small the the leather band on it looks. Yeah. It's, it's minuscule.
0: I guess on the other hand, and Adam can probably back me up, there's a lot of people who wear much bigger watches than the smart watches that we're wearing right now. I don't know if those Lizard. are the same people that want earbuds in their watch, but I'm I, just yeah, saying I,
2: it's out there. Do you know what's funny is out there. in that situation, the company that I would probably believe this to be better, I think, wouldn't make good earbuds, which is like Garmin. Like, Garmin are big watches, insane battery life, so I don't think that's a, an issue that's already. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, like, the new Epics just came out and has, like, a 16-day battery life or something. And I actually believe that it has a 16-day battery life.
0: So cut it in half and throw some earbuds You'd still have eight
2: there. days of battery. But I don't think Garmin earbuds would be good. Maybe if they collabed. I mean, I'm sure Harman yeah. Kardon would love to throw their name on literally anything. So that's they easy. could probably collab with Garmin, but maybe in that scenario, I could see it.
3: I just can't imagine how many times this is going to get knocked into a wall. Because of how big it is? Like, it's so big. There's a thing, like, in watches when you're wearing them, It's how many times you could just knock them into like the door frame as you're walking through it, and you're not paying attention. (laughs) And then will
2: the watch survive? Or and every time you do that, two earbuds fall down on the floor and roll
0: across. Open and things are just yeah.
2: Just just like imagine being at the mall or something, and just like uh, now all of a sudden your earbuds are rolling away in a group of crowded people because you accidentally knocked into like a mannequin or a clothes rack or something like that. It all seems there's so there's just
0: I agree I agree with all of this. It's just that there's something about consolidating two things that you'd have to charge and carry separately into one thing and that general idea i like i don't know if you'd put like your earbuds in your phone there's probably a phone case I, with earbuds in there i
2: think there has been there's at least been concepts of that i almost feel like that makes more sense because phones at this point are already almost unwieldy to put in pockets yeah, so what's maybe, another
0: 100 million powers yeah for your earbuds
2: it, yeah I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how regular Huawei watches are. Have you tested one? I never have. I have not. I, no. I would assume they're similar to a Galaxy watch, a Pixel watch, just kind of like the yeah. standard. You barely you have about a day, a little more than a day. So putting this in there, even if it's using the battery from the headphones on a day that you don't use it, there's still gaps of where it all has to fit and extra connectors that have to pair to it. Like you're losing battery space no matter what. Dude, I, if Apple did this, the world would be on fire. You know, would go nuts someone said that. I don't think I agree with that. I think they love this. I don't think. They obviously one, I don't think fit. Apple would ever do this. No, no,
0: no, of course. But, well, maybe not ever. But um, if you tried to True. fit current earbuds, Apple AirPods or whatever, inside of an Apple Watch, it wouldn't work. But tiny, tiny earbuds inside of a watch... People would go, oh, that's genius.
2: That's beautiful. I still think people would think it's stupid. <laughs> well, what's funny, uh, I don't It know. needs an amazing magnet. I think the people who think this is cool would hate the Apple version of it. And I think the people who hate this would think the Apple version is cool. Or the same people, like me, because I'm perfect, would think <laughs> this is stupid all around. And <laughs> I <laughs> disapprove of whoever did that. We're going to have a talk after work. I'm going to try <laughs> to get my hands on this watch. Okay, I'm going to try. Good luck. I'm going to Spe- try. Speaking of watches, really quick. A lot of people liked this last time, but do you see my um my Alpine loop for my Galaxy Watch? Isn't that weird? Isn't this an Apple yeah. band? No, didn't you say
0: somebody was like, "Nice watch" before you showed them the watch? I, I
2: went to a Taco Bell, my natural uh, habitat, um, and the guy at the drive-through was like, "Yo, sick watch!" Because I would kind of have my arm like resting on my window, that and then nice. I like turned it over and went, "Wait, what?" Because <laughs> it was a Galaxy Watch and not an Apple Watch Ultra, and that's amazing. I was like, "That was amazing." But dude, there are so many good knockoff watch bands on Amazon. I have a Trail Loop knockoff and an Alpine Watch knockoff and they were $10 each, so.
0: And they're probably very close in actual material and quality to the real like,
2: thing. I would call them seven to eight out of 10 in comparison. When you're a 10th of the price, yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. Um, all right, another kind of ridiculous thing I that, that I know you something. want to talk about. Yeah. I want to
0: talk about maybe one of the, this might not even be a hot take. One of the dumbest things I've ever seen. This is funny because I get to
2: play devil's advocate this is for this one of the time, and things. you get to be mad at me.
0: Okay, so Lexus. There's a video on Evo Magazine's Twitter of Lexus developing a manual transmission for electric cars hmm. in the form of like the you know a stick shift, like a full in blown stick shift, full yeah. blown stick shift. And there's a video of this guy driving around for 45 seconds, shifting like a normal stick shift car, but it's like adding noise, adding all this extra. Oh, work. I didn't
2: notice the noise. The yeah, just there's noise. The
0: it's terrible. Nice. We'll play a little clip of the video for you guys. But yeah, this this seems uh this seems like the one of the dumbest things I've ever seen.
2: Does it have a boost gauge?
0: It seems like it's got like an RPM counter, and yeah, I don't <laughs> know what that maybe that's a just a way of knowing when to shift, but like I, I quote tweeted this with an older tweet of mine, and I think we've probably talked about this on the, the show we at 100% some point. Have, yes. Which is like, we're going to look back at the transition period where you're trying to convince people to get an electric car, and look at all the weird things they do to imitate gas cars as hilarious. Because look, electric cars are just fundamentally easier to use, and to add back all of the clunky and inefficient and engaging of a manual gas car is just a waste of time. Get over it. Ignore the, like, just just drive. Just drive. You'll be
2: fine. I'm going to play devil's advocate, but I also don't know why because I I truly don't think there's many people that would argue for this because if you like manual, you probably hate EVs, and if you like EVs, you probably don't care about manual that much. I think there's a very small, small niche place that might find this interesting. Yeah. We have talked about it a little bit before, in the sense of there is still driving scenarios that require that skill based is more fun, and like maybe Mm -hmm. you're racing or something like that, where if you're just putting pedal to the floor, you're you're losing a lot of different variables that would gas car. um, I mean, eventually we would like to go everything to EV, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, the enthusiast fun car, I imagine that will stay the gas car the longest. There is no sense in making the electric that's my, that's my thing. It's like 90% of the comments are like agreeing with me. Like this is dumb. And then 10% are like, wait, I like manual cars. This is cool. But that person's still not buying this. They're just going to buy an older gas car to do this.
2: I think there's potentially an area in where we get to the point where EV is the performance you're getting out of an EV is so much cheaper than the performance you would get out of like a gas car. Like let's, like it already is at that point, so yeah. let's go even cheaper now. Like now you're racing something that's thirty thousand dollars, but has a zero to sixty that's equivalent to something that is like seventy to eighty thousand dollars. That's at gas very car. normal right now. Yeah, and then yeah. but now you can add the skill based aspect of it. So if you're doing a track day to get you slower, still, <laughs> to add variable. Like the thing is, is if now you're racing on track day and the only aspect is pressing the pedal forward like mm, you're right. losing out on so much of, i still yeah of i agree the actual i just think there's skill still uh, part of it
0: there's so many other things that are still skill related with driving like even when you just play when you go kart race which is just like oh you just hit the pedal and go there's all the driving lines acceleration braking handling the weight of the cart like all those things still matter you just don't have to shit like there's lots of arguments in the gas car world now about like oh man porsche's pdk is so fast but i still want the manual version because it's more engaging and i'll just be slower and there's lots of cars that are literally too fast for a manual gearbox and it's like we don't do manual gearboxes anymore because that's not safe i mean the biggest argument to this is f1 f1 is, still has shifting f1 has shifting and is there a it's part it's part of the
2: sport like there yeah. is a skill gap between of people who are shifting better and i think cars for, that are built that are shifting differently and yeah
0: I think for the sport of professional, driving yeah, that's on a what track, I'm. I'm talking about the sport. Cool.
2: Yeah, but there's still a hobbyist sport aspect of things. I yeah, it's niche, and you're going to be paying a lot extra for this. Um, I think the other thing is people. I saw a lot of comments that were saying, "Why would I want this? Why would I want to drive every day like this? Manual sucks in everyday driving. Like if it's electric, it's not going to be stuck in manual. It's going to be a mode. I guarantee you, you can drive this car with just a pedal and not having to shift." Yeah, There's a lot of weird. cars out there that have even gas cars that have this like fake shifting or stuff like Like my Forester is a CVT which doesn't have gears and still has fake shifting on it. For really? I think it's really stupid, but so that's when, still, what happens
0: when it fake shifts?
2: You fake shift and it just creates what it would be similar to a gear. I think the only real scenario is like if you wanted lower gear and like snow or mud or something like that. Um, but if you even in that scenario, if you fuck it up, it'll just be like, nope, you're wrong, and then go past it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like, I, there is an I think this extremely is small yeah. <clears throat> percentage
0: also, of the population. I
3: feel like F1 is a thing, but we've been driving cars for a hundred something years and we still have horse races. Yeah. So, like, there will always be like the people that take that older thing and continue doing it no matter what.
2: I think when you reach a, a like moment of peak performance you need to add more variables into things to create larger skill gaps of stuff like that so in the sport obvious aspect of this like shifting is still going to be one of those variables that will make the difference between on a track drivers yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm only talking about track i if yeah. you do this, this on just the like road a it's regular just
0: lexus i don't even know maybe a car maybe an suv and it's like you're adding inefficiency you're adding distraction you're adding engagement sure but for what if you want that Fun.
3: feeling just
0: get a gas
3: car. they're also out. driving on the wrong side of the road yeah yes.
0: morons <laughs> who would ever do that driver on the right side
2: jeez, of the road jeez we can't take them seriously at wild all. anyway so yeah, i i i want to say i've enjoyed both of us playing devil's advocate because i saw moments where both of us legitimately got mad at the other person and i
4: (laughs) i love it can i throw one more wrench in here do it it. formula e cars have transmissions of course they do i actually didn't know that also no one cares about formula E. well
0: (laughs) that at the highest level they also have speed boosts it's I i still think there's so many variables i think with formula e there are way more regulations so all the cars are more similar so the gearbox is
4: an actual variable i've always heard that it's a efficiency thing like you can actually pull more efficiency out of the electric motors by running them through a transmission yes but i don't know
0: so most electric cars today have one gear and that's because they can run at an extremely high range of rpms from zero having all their torque up to say twenty thousand rpm or whatever Tesla Model S is one of those. Lots of electric cars do that. There's a couple that have two gears, Mm -hmm. and they'll say they do that because they have a high-performance lower gear for, like, getting off the line, quick acceleration, and then a lower RPM higher gear for efficiency. So when you're cruising along the highway, when you're going at higher speeds, you use that higher gear. Uh, That's why gas cars have so many gears is because they're extremely inefficient outside of their, like, Peak power band, mm-hmm. which is a f- several hundred RPM. Uh, So yes, adding more gears can make you more efficient theoretically. It's just a matter of whether you want that complexity in a gearbox and do you want to add all those parts to your car when you can probably get away with having one gear and doing great things with several motors instead of several gears.
2: Yeah, I think we're both in agreement that everyday driving. Yes, yeah, everyday ridiculous. driving. I hate this with I all think my th- heart. I think there's a sport <laughs> hobbyist aspect of it that is kind of... I'll admit that. Yeah, if someone were to buy this for everyday driving, I bet they would use it for, like, a week and then probably never touch it again. Like, you would just drive the car normally. They'd be so annoyed. All right, let's take a break. (laughs) Got to come back and talk about
0: all this AI stuff that's been on Twitter lately. BRB. (laughs) BRB. Oh, wait.
2: I, would, oh, I saw Ellis so go for the microphone. Yeah, and It's
0: been I, so long. We had the Hassan interview. We had the week off. We completely oh, yeah. fell out of our rhythm. We well, have to do trivia.
2: We have to do trivia. Oh, yeah. And I think there's going to be a pretty trivia-tastic episode coming up pretty oh, soon. Oh, I knew about that. Okay. I knew about that. So, that was, you know, we're making up for it. We'll make okay. up for it.
0: But no yes, yeah, trivia.
2: Yes, of course. How could
4: I forget? All right. So, across the Atlantic, far, far away, there's a magical realm called Europe. And in <laughs> Europe...
2: <laughs> I've heard of that.
4: Crazy, right? In Europe, there's a science center. And at this science center, both the Higgs boson particle was discovered and the World Wide Web was invented. Do you know the name of this science center? <laughs>
2: I thought I was gonna be able to guess the country at least, and then you're like, nah, let's be more specific." I know the name of the facility that.
4: Honestly, I'll take the, I'll take the country. Oh well, now it's
2: gonna be bad when I get
4: this wrong. All right,
0: half know that. That's a good one. Okay, we'll come back. Uh, We'll be back.
1: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. And
0: that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Popular demand NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform. Netsuite.com slash waveform.
2: All right, welcome back to the AI podcast. I'm your AI host, Marquez. <laughs> oh no, he's real. He's real. Don't worry. No, one of my yet.
0: one of my biggest pet peeves though, low-key, is when companies say that they're using AI to do something when they're <laughs> we clearly about that not. This morning. Yeah. I really get annoyed by this. Like there are companies who say they have AI autofocus, and uh, the difference between that and eye recognition is very faint. I don't know why they feel. Any, I think actually I know why. AI is very futuristic. Mm-hmm. It's in the news a lot. It seems like this black box of mystery and wonder that kicks out amazing results and so people like to lean into ai whenever they have anything smart in their product it's ai but i want to talk about actual ai for a little bit because it has actually made uh the rounds on you've seen it on twitter right yeah chat gtp conversations it's just
2: nice to have twitter about something else blowing up besides just twitter i'm tired of reading about twitter for the last month Yeah. yeah this is this is why i like twitter
0: moments like this where we all get this little taste of the future through a open ai research project that is basically a chat bot but that draws from a gigantic catalog of the world's information and is able to do amazing things. And it's kind of terrifying some of the things it's been able to do. It is fun
2: to collectively gawk and be terrified together.
0: Yeah. this is So, like I said earlier, this is one of those things where I want to make a video about this because I have some thoughts about all of the AI stuff, how it's used, what we can use it for how it might evolve into the future and this is you know just me like thinking out loud mm-hmm. on some of that stuff uh but you have a
2: <laughs> so i want to talk about two of them the two big ones we're talking about chat gpt which is like a chat and then we're also seeing a bunch of like avatar ai so we're going to yeah. talk about both of them quickly like you said we haven't discussed this too far we're going to use the podcast as kind of our yeah. our first dive into this and i think we've toyed around with it a little bit mm-hmm. so Uh, I have a couple examples here. Um, ChatGPT, though, is like people are online. We're already getting people sending to us, like creating full MKBHD videos through ChatGPT, and it does a pretty dang good job. So
0: basically what it is is it's a text box. You can type in any chat and just have a conversation with it. Mm -hmm. You can ask it questions. You can give it lines of code and ask for it to find what's wrong with the code for you. You can ask it to write a poem for you. You Mm -hmm. can have a conversation back and forth about something you learned and it will further educate you on the topic. Like it has all this information to have realistic, meaningful thought and response conversations. Like we talked about when Google Google I.O. came around and Google Assistant got more conversational it would remember context.
2: What was that one project? They had like a conversation bot project. They They were working
0: on. And that was like more research project like this. Mm -hmm. But even in the consumer product we use now, Google Assistant, when you ask, how tall is Barack Obama? It'll tell you. And then your next question can be, ah, when's his birthday? And you don't have to say, when is Barack Obama's birthday? You're in a conversation flow. This is like the ultimate highest end AI version of that in research form. And... We've been asking it for all kinds of things. Hey, give me a a script for an MKBHD video mm-hmm. about, you know, art and AI. And it will
2: actually give me a script for an MKBHD video. Like, it, it's pretty good. And the best part about it is, like, what I really loved about that. I don't want to spoil too much because we have some fun examples saved for the video later. But, yeah. like, when you talk about, when you say write it for a YouTube video, it ends with, like, don't forget to subscribe and hit that like button. Mm -hmm. Or like if you ask it to write you a tweet, it'll put hashtags at the end of it. Like it understands the context of even the social media. I get that it can do poems and stuff, but seeing that it's doing this like new age, uh, ways of posting almost and finding that context is really, really cool. Um, I, I made a couple examples for waveform though today. Um, Mm -hmm. the first one I did, I'd like for you to read it. It's, I asked it to write an intro for the Waveform podcast hosted by Bar- Marquez and Andrew. Okay. And I'm going to have Marquez read this like a regular intro and so you this, know maybe
0: we'll switch ours up. This is what it came up with. Welcome to the Waveform Podcast, where hosts Marquez and Andrew explore the latest in technology and science. Join us as we delve into the fascinating world of cutting-edge innovation and discover how it's shaping our future. From the latest advancements in artificial intelligence to the frontiers of space exploration, we cover it all. Tune in every week for engaging discussions and thought-provoking insights.
2: So, like, right off the bat, that seems kind of simple, but if you really think that all I put in there was Waveform Podcast and both of our names... It hits stuff like technology, science, AI, space exploration, that it's weekly, and we are doing a discussion. That's pretty impressive.
0: Okay, so I got to admit something. Okay. When I first started seeing these, I was very unimpressed. Okay. Because I felt like it was basically taking a few keywords and then just copying and pasting examples of popular versions of that Mm -hmm. often from maybe just wikipedia articles so i had people send me like what is an armadillo or what is ultimate frisbee yeah and then it would just tell me what ultimate frisbee is and it would read exactly like the like the wikipedia article and i was like that's not impressive at all i like i could ask google that and it would Mm -hmm. tell me the same thing So it it really became much more impressive when the prompts got more creative,
2: I think. It's similar to Dolly where like Dolly was impressive, but clearly kind of messed up. But the more intense you got with the prompts and how it still was continued to be messed up, like errors here and there, but it still could contextually figure out. This two to three sentence long prop yeah. and still create something that made sense. It's is a really good wild. point.
0: It's the more so, so there's a, a normal accepted error rate. Let's yeah. just call it like 10%. Mm-hmm. And when you just ask Dolly, give me a cat, and it gives you a cat, but 10% of the things look kind of weird, you're like not impressed. But when you ask Dolly, give me a cat with 12 legs in the style of Monet. It, on like canvas with like robots fighting in the background and it actually does 90% of that, Yeah, it's really impressive. So I feel like it's kind of along the same lines here. Chat GTP, I've had a number of conversations with it. I've asked it lots of things. I even tweeted what I asked for, uh, you know, iOS versus Android essay. I love Android that. versus iOS essay. And I previous versions of that, it got some things wrong. Like it was telling mm-hmm. me some things that weren't actually true. But the fact that I was that detailed with my prompt and I was like, give me the style of the YouTube video, give me Android better than iOS, give me these things. I was like pretty impressed that it was actually able to generate that much. Even though a lot of it still kind of does read like it's taking from the top line of an article it found or the second paragraph of the Wikipedia about Android. It's it's sort of throwing together a structure based on things that I asked for, it's, which is cool.
2: It's blending them very well. If it, I mean, it, it pretty much <clears throat> is doing that. I guess the argument would be how much is it just copy and pasting from the exact things it finds, or how much is it analyzing X amount of data and then just through all of that data creating something? Because if you search your name, Wikipedia is not gonna be the only one. There's gonna be 400 pages that say like, Marquez is an American tech YouTuber with 16 million followers. Right. And then it's gonna be like, oh, 500 articles have said that. That's gotta be important. I wanna take that and mm. put that in there, some form of that in there. Um, but yeah, the, the way it contextualizes different things and actually make sure that it's using them all correctly in like a story for the most part you're right there is still an error there is still an error rate for sure and some of them you read and you're like that's awesome and then i think david was saying something about fastest sea mammal it's like oh that's so cool and then looked it up it's like wait it's not that like that's not what it is
0: yeah yeah and i also have like a, and this will also i think be in the video there are some errors that are more common than others like when you ask for uh, these like ai paintings or portraits
2: or dolly yeah hands we're gonna get into the the paintings in a minute the art okay. i guess can i do i i wrote i got it made a story in chat gpt that I, can i read this and then we'll get into uh okay, the yeah. more art version of it yeah, all right yeah, yeah. um in the holiday spirit i asked <laughs> In the holiday spirit, I asked ChatGPT to write a story about how tech YouTuber Marquez Brownlee had to take over the role of Santa Claus. Would you like to hear? I would love to hear what it came up with. All right. (coughs) It was the night before Christmas and Marquez Brownlee, better known as MKBHD on YouTube, was feeling more than a little stressed. As a tech YouTuber, he's used to filming and editing videos, not delivering presents to children all over the world. But that's exactly what he had to do. Thanks to a mix-up at the North Pole, apparently Santa Claus had come down with a terrible cold and was able to make the rounds, and since Marquez had been so good this year, the elves had chosen him to take over the job. Marquez was a bit hesitant at first, but he knew that it was his duty to help out, so he quickly put on the red suit and hopped into Santa's sleigh, which was powered by the latest and greatest technology. The sleigh was equipped with a GPS system that showed Marquez exactly where children lived, and it even had built-in cameras so that he could capture all the reactions as he delivered the presents. As Marquez flew from house to house, he couldn't help but smile. He loved seeing the excitement on the faces of the children as they opened their gifts, and he even got to try out some of the new tech toys that he had helped design. What is going Before on? he knew it, it was time to return to the North Pole. Marquez was exhausted, but he felt a sense of satisfaction knowing that he helped to make Christmas special for so many kids. As he handed the reins back to Santa, Marquez couldn't help but joke, I think I might have to retire from tech and become a full-time Santa. Santa just chuckled in reply, I think we might have to make you an elf. Whoa! You got burned at
0: the end. Whoa! Of <laughs> that
3: was so good.
2: That was really good, oh, wasn't okay. it? Really good. What was the prompt again? Give me that one more time. It was write a story about how tech YouTuber Marquez Brownlee had to take over the role of Santa Claus.
0: That
2: was. I kind of really, missed the music already. Yeah, that was <laughs> really good. It had a punchline at the end. The it story. really. So whoa! Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun to play with. I'm very interested to see where this goes. I can't wait for like. In five years, we, you just called this before. This is kind of like the highest form of ch- like conversational AI that we're we're seeing. And in five years, when we look back on this and think about how terrible it was, it's going to be really impressive to see where yeah, we go. For real, okay.
0: Now we should talk a little bit about the the visual versions. The too. visuals, yes. There's been we talked. We did a whole video about Dolly. We've talked about mm-hmm. Dolly. It's using. You know, obviously, diffusion and creating images from scratch using a natural language text prompt, which is sick. Uh, There's another one uh, that's generating AI avatars of people. There's a couple, yeah. And I think with this one, basically, you feed it several images. Is that right? So you give it some images of yourself. Yeah. And it can spit out some cartoon version of you with different situations
2: it's it's very dolly like except this time focusing on humans although humans that are consenting by giving you their pictures um Mm -hmm. prisma labs did one for you and you have a million photos of yourself online um and it did a very very good job like yours are insanely impressive and i think what it's doing is is similar to dolly where it knows what a general person looks like but the really cool thing is that it can find the stylization of other things and make you into it. Like this is you, it looks like you're in a chevron hoodie astronaut suit. Um, And like cool, more like Miami Vice, Uh, here's you in a purple suit, which is really awesome. Yeah, Um, A lot of it is really cool and yours are super impressive. You're pretty good. Uh, One thing I've noticed that
0: it never really does well, just like Dolly, Uh, hands and text. So anytime there's supposed to be text yeah. in it, like the one with the astronaut suit, supposed to have some text on it right there, doesn't really make a real word. If you, no. if you ask Dolly to make a stop sign, seven out of ten times it just says some it just weird says random mat- mad. Yeah, some <laughs> weird word. And then uh, I think if you there's some other so other YouTube friends that have done this with hands, but even look at the one of me in a purple suit, like that those hands don't quite match up. There's like a floating thumb on the top of my hands there that isn't connected to either hand. That just happens when you have hands in mm-hmm. photos with AI. Um, so hands
2: are tough. Other than that,
0: pretty good. Yeah, pretty yours,
2: good. yours is very good. Sarah Dietschy did one with Avatar AI that was incredible. I mean, but again, then there's like Justine who did one on, I forget if it was Prisma or Avatar, hers was bad. Yeah. And she has a lot of really good pictures out there and her face looks nothing like her in some some of them. Her eye is like almost off to the side, like off the side of her head. It seems to really like some people and really dislike some people. Myself, who doesn't have a lot of good photos online, tried mm. Avatar AI. It is rough. Really? I'm going to show you some. I
3: disagree. Like, these are fantastic. I want
2: to see these. <laughs> so I think these are really bad. To be fair, the photos I fed into it were not great. Although it still took about 30 photos. Um, mm-hmm. And if you would like, oh, yeah, I guess you can pull them up to... on your, um, Where are they? yours as well. There's a link in the doc. Oh, this, okay, I'm clicking on it now. Some of these, so like, I <laughs> These are think so good. Some of these are very good. Some of these are very bad. I also totally don't approve of all the categories it put me in. Um, it shows dominatrix as the first category. The fir- there's also like gym and <coughs> for whatever reason, sunflower field. None of them look like me. I look like Doctor
4: House in some of them, which I'm not opposed to. Like it's funny, Dude, So Andrew, you did not tell me that you starred in a, Whoa, 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 did a Merak.
2: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the text, the gym <laughs> one is.
4: <laughs> I don't think we can show the gym one. Uh,
0: anywhere. The gym ones it's... are incredible. They don't. So there's a varying amount of resemblance to your face because you can tell it's picking which photo it's going to use and trying to make it look like you. The Picasso
2: one looks less like a photorealistic version. I would argue the ones that look the most like me are just the most standard ones that felt like it's pretty much just pasting the photo that I put in there. The race onto car it. driver. It, it like just kind of looks, the race car driver one, you can just tell in specific ones, it is just my face on Michael Schumacher's face. The fashion model one of you in a turtleneck is
0: very good. This
2: is, this is just a young Michael Schumacher with kind of my facial details. Yeah. Like- so, like, you can tell where it's pulling from on some of these things. And, um, Worder. I don't, um, this might be one of those things where it, you should watch the clip later if you can't see all of it because it's a little hard to explain. I think, I think the thing is, is it's, it's nailing very normal photos of me. The fashion model one, the one of just like in a business suit or the passport versions of these are all just kind of normal where. Photos I fed into this, a lot of them were from weddings, which I had a suit on. So mm-hmm. it's basically just making kind of a drawing version. This side profile of me as a fashion model is like I posted a side profile picture that was exactly like this, yeah. and it just feels like the photo of me. Okay, so that's a good.
0: This is a really good transition point because there's a tough question behind yes. all of these, which is how do you credit what it's taking inspiration from. Yes, and so for the for the ones that you gave it the pictures of, it's it's fairly straightforward. You gave it a certain set of pictures, so you know what it's drawing inspiration from. And if you ever see any similarities, it's pretty obvious where it got that stuff. I from. I think my
2: whole thing is actually pretty obvious in a lot of theirs, as where the ones that nailed it, it's mostly taking it from the pictures I fed it. The ones right. that didn't nail it, you can kind of tell the photos it's grabbing from. Yeah, and that's like you said, it's a it's a discussion that I think we need to have because the discussion on Twitter now is what part of where it's scraping from is okay, I guess. And that is a tough question.
0: So you mentioned that other one is clearly a a picture of young Michael Schumacher. It's definitely
2: just Michael Schumacher.
0: That photo, where did that come from? Exactly. And we don't know the artist or the photographer or any Mm -hmm. of that behind that image. And I think that comes back to even like, so Dolly, Dolly from OpenAI is taking from an unknown giant database of like all of the information that they've fed into it. And then if I ask it for a picture of a cat in space or whatever, it'll give me a picture of a cat in space. And maybe it's taken some photos from artists about cats and some photos from NASA about space. But if I ask it for a photo of a cat in space in the style of an MKBHD video, Mm -hmm. it might be taking frames from an MKBHD video that it has in its database. And should it be able to do that? Yes. And that is a tougher question.
2: I think that is a very tough question. And I'm going to preface this by saying we're just going to say our opinions very quickly on this and we're looking at it. So I don't want anyone to. Yeah, I'm not. A I just want to preface lawyer. this. We're not copyright not lawyers. But there's also just like, I don't know, it's a tough, tough subject. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of conversation to be had about it. Um, but there are a lot of artists out there who seem to be seeing this and saying that a lot of things look far, far too similar to art. That is not consenting into the into being part of these yeah. AI databases, and we just don't know how much is a coincidence versus how much is is it literally
0: drawing inspiration. It's very very hard. <laughs> so the way here, the way Dolly works is really interesting, and I you can sort of go back and watch the video again and hear the explanations, and there's other explainers of this, but it's like it has all this information, it has all this database, it uses diffusion, it has an image of you can you can listen to david explain this on a previous episode but it has just like a static image Mm -hmm. of just like black and white grain and then it has a final image and it tries to use diffusion to like add structure to this static image on its way to the thing that you described to learn what you're making so if you ask it for a picture i'm just gonna go with a cat again it knows because it's learned from its database what a picture of a cat looks like and then it tries to create a picture of a cat from nothing, essentially. And so it's not just like taking a piece of someone else's art and pasting it into this new creation and calling it a new creation. That would be a lot more obvious. What it's more doing is learning from all these different sources what it thinks you are trying to ask it for and then creating a new version of that from scratch. And sometimes the level of variation from that new thing is pretty tough. Like, there's probably not that many pictures, let's say, of uh, a, a cat with a purple sky behind it or something. So if you're an artist that made a picture of a cat with a purple sky behind it, and then I ask Dolly for a picture of a cat with a purple sky behind it, it'll probably resemble... A little bit more of that artist's photo because it doesn't have as many examples to draw from if that makes any sense so it's it's like if i make more specific more nuanced art i am more likely to find issue with my art being drawn from rather than if i just made like general pictures of cats you know
2: it's tough i I also think depending on which AI you're using there's probably ones that are doing oh, yeah. a better job because I I have seen people post <laughs> that like some of these avatars they're getting have old artists signatures on them which means it's definitely taking a little more than just completely learning and it's more melding oh, things yeah. together which feels yeah if it then, literally like, has a
0: signature then it's definitely
2: not it's, using diffusion yeah. <laughs> I think the the hardest aspect of this is is you've mentioned we were talking about this a little bit before the show and you mentioned how like in in humanity we take inspiration from people yeah and there's no fine line of like what is pure copying and what is inspiration and i think it's very hard to to compare that to a machine and ai learning and like i don't know where that line is at all and i think the more we try and find a line the the more, is there, the harder it gets, yes, honestly. It's fuzzy. It's fuzzy because basically you could argue that
0: AI, if we're trying to make it as close to a human experience as possible, is literally doing what humans do. It's taking inspiration from things and then making its own thing. And so when you think about like copyright and uh, stealing, yeah. you're like, all right, well, if you make the conscious decision to try to make your own version of that thing, you're gonna find yourself copying parts of that thing but if you sort of subconsciously might not remember where you remember it from, but you kind of have this idea of what you want something to look like and then you create it, you were inspired by all of your previous life's experiences. Everything in your life up to that point has led you to what you are painting. How do you give credit to all of those parts of your life and maybe some pieces of art you might have seen along the way that might have inspired you? That, to me, is just as complicated as as the AI creating something new from all of the sources it has to draw from.
2: My one pushback on that would be, and again, this is super hard to define. If you can't tell, like we want to be very specific with how we say th- how we talk about this, because I think we both understand that we are we are not artists making physical like paintings and stuff like this, so we maybe don't understand. Well, quite.
0: I the other thing was like when J- Chat GPT makes a script in the style of an MKBHD video, how much is it actually drawing from things that I have actually said? And I yes. asked it for like script in the style of a Mr. Beast YouTube video. And I think it's just like has a general thing where for a YouTube video, it adds an intro and the style of a YouTuber and an outro. It didn't say peace at the end of mine. It didn't have an alliteration. It didn't say what's up MKBHD here. It just did like the general YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how specific Or
4: what it's actually drawing from there, but it didn't seem incredibly derivative. Not to get all conspiratorial, Mm -hmm. but when Andrew was like, I'm pretty sure that's just Mick Schumacher, I was like, oh, I bet I could find that photo of Mick Schumacher. So I've been digging around. Is
2: it Mick or Michael? Because he's wearing a red... So so I'm assuming it's a Ferrari Michael Schumacher
4: the I've found Closer photos of Mick Michael But the thing that I wanted to throw out there is that when I run a bunch of the other photos in that race car driver Bunch through Mm -hmm. it Mm. through Google Lens specifically it brings me a ton of pictures of Haas NASCAR drivers Interesting and the suit you're wearing is almost identical to the Haas NASCAR suit, mm. and I'm wondering, well. That, well, Haas, I'm wondering that. what's that's what I'm wondering if, it, if, it, if somewhere in the metadata of the world, there's like a tweet that's like Andrew I definitely loves about and you have the <laughs> Haas shirt that you wear, <laughs> yeah. and people tweet at you about Haas. I don't and like, it's like this anymore. Interesting. Can it is is that a coincidence or is that did it get scraped or like right, hey, I don't know. I,
2: hmm. I do want to go into that really quick. And what I was going to say before is the comparison I think is a gray area of. I as a human take inspiration from this and I as an AI have a set database with a physically pointing to a thing on the internet that belongs to somebody and where that ownership and copyright part stands. You can choose to add things
0: or remove things from the source. Yeah, there's
2: there's a physical link to a specific thing. Um, I I think ultimately in a perfect world where the AI would suck on this is that the database is voluntary or paid for, but I think that database is a fraction, fraction, fraction of the size of what the database potentially is. I also don't know what these databases are pulling from. This is we're all speculating. But I would just I'm going to go off the assumption of it's just the internet. Everything.
0: It's some collection that they've put together. Because they've taken a lot of things out because obviously Dolly doesn't want it to create certain things. Mm -hmm. So it's taken a lot of things out of the inspiration and it's taken a lot of things out of things that it'll hopefully create. So they have some curation or control over the sources, they just don't like tell us what that is. Yeah,
2: it's all it's it's a weird area. I I think my ultimate do you have anything else more you want to say? I kind of have like a closing thought on my Yeah, I
0: guess I just think I think uh as I I like to draw the line towards the future and see how far forward I can look at it and it feels like as AI gets more and more complicated and nuanced and impressive, it will it will become more and more feeling like human brain type of thing. Oh, that's scarce. And then you really kind of do compare it to like how humans draw inspiration from things. There will be more explicit inspiration where it's like, oh, I want to, if I'm going to draw a picture of Andrew with a NASCAR jersey on, I'm going to give him the Haas one because that seems like it would work. But I think there will be more subtle inspiration, like what fabrics you use or what colors that are just like, I kind of like this color because I grew up liking red like Mm -hmm. that. How do you even examine what to give credit to, that will always be, I think, a fuzzy line.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. I, I would say my final thought maybe is a bit different than yours. And and I want to go back to something Hassan said, which is just in this A.I. world, one thing we're losing is the the human aspect of it, which is just kind of more of a, a passion and a, a feeling behind things. And I think all this A.I. stuff is really, really cool. And I see it as a tool for the future. A lot of things, there are people who aren't as artistically talented and still want to be able to get a vision out there sometimes, and I think that could help with this to then pass off to the designers and artists that are good oh, at stuff like that. That's what I see. it. Yeah. And and ultimately, when I see these, I think they're cool, and then I forget about them. Whereas, uh, like I love buying prints and stuff from artists that I find all over the place because I think they're super talented and really beautiful, and there's just something behind it that gives me a much more interested feeling and I enjoy looking at it over and over again, I would never buy anything from any of these AI things and hang them on my wall because yeah. there's no journey behind it. Yeah, where I
0: know that it came from a human.
2: Exactly. Like there's so much more to that in just the overall enjoyment of a piece. So I, that's why I see this as a tool. And I don't know if, I hope that, I think that feeling is for a lot of people, but I, I don't know if that's, good enough for art like i think artists still rightfully should be worried about this and how it's handling things but yeah that's why i don't see it as as big of a threat to art in general
0: okay two things on that yeah
2: one i do agree with a lot
0: of that and whenever i have a feeling that is like i don't think humans will want x i always have to think is that a generational thing i always just run i always just run it through that filter because i always think like do humans want to spend all day in VR? No, but my nine-year-old cousin doesn't really Sometimes care. Sometimes I much. do. Like there's, <laughs> there's like always a generational question, so I always just toss that in there. Like, will, will younger generations like buy AI art and think it's totally cool? Maybe. But the other thing is, yeah, it is a tool, and I think that's kind of where I want to go with the video, which is like. As far as us as creators using AI to do things and make things, it's always a great beginning for brainstorming and coming up with the base of an idea, and then you edit it to to create what you want. So every example I have of useful AI is using AI as a tool just like that, mm-hmm. whether it's like running a picture through the AI sharpening filter in, in Pixelmator, and then it's not perfect, but then you finish it up to look just the way you want, or you use the magic eraser tool in the pixel, which uses AI to like fill in the background. And then there's a couple extra things you want and you finish the edit on your on your own. All the way up to like, I don't know, I just have chat GTP and I just say, give me a bunch of video ideas. And I look through that list and I go, Huh, oh, here's some good ideas. And then I pick on my own what I think makes a good idea.
2: I, I could see like a perfect example would be we want to step up smartphone awards set and you want to show Brandon something cool. You can then Quickly create some sort of visual that's ninety percent accurate, and then Brandon can actually do it. Whereas, yeah. trying to sometimes explain what you picture in your mind is very hard, and I am not talented to be able to show that at all. Yeah. So, like something like that is how I I see this folding out, at least in my what I would plan to.
0: So one of my favorite examples is the combo where someone wanted some inspiration for something, so they asked Chat GPT for some descriptions of interesting sets and then they took what the chat spit out and put it into dolly and had dolly mock up those sets so out of completely nowhere this person just wanted some feelings for some inspirations for some sets and they got like a bunch of high resolution images of some sets just completely come up with from ai technically inspired by humans but like that person will go on to create their own set using the tools of AI as the baseline for their inspiration. That's the basic thing that I think I find most useful with all these AI tools. Isn't that kind yeah. of limiting though?
3: Like you're limiting yourself to what the AI can picture?
0: I don't think so. I think I think it's more of a, a beginning to the rest, especially when I'm asking for help like that, I'm already like, pulling from my own and not really finding something so i'm like all right i want to i want a couple inspirations for like modern sets i've seen some modern sets but let's see some modern sets with quasar tubes and i just type that into dolly and then i get oh what if we put all the lights like horizontal it'll be just like giving us ideas and then we take it from there and i think that's like a, a legitimate use for it so i think that's probably what i'm gonna use it for
2: yeah, I can see. It. I think this is a a complicated topic that I'm excited to see the video on. And if anyone else would like to chime in here, I would love to hear what other people think. Our comments. Discord, our Discord channels, or comments on YouTube—both of them—great places to chat about this. And we'd love to read that before we dive into this video. I yeah, think. Yeah. Um. So we'd appreciate that.
0: Before we take a quick break, we do have to do another
4: tri- trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Adam has bestowed me with the enormous privilege of doing two trivia questions today. So let's kick it off. In 2017, Dara Khosrowshahi became Uber's second CEO. What was he the CEO of before? All right,
0: into the break. All right, we're back. I got one last little quick thing I want to do, which is the the last video that I put up, which was uh, my tech hot takes video, I inevitably knew I would be ruffling some feathers with my different levels of hot takes. What I wanted to do was rank how hot it turns out my takes were based on the reactions I saw. Okay. I'll I had see. four.
2: You had four? Okay. Had four hot takes. I'll, I'll, I'll give them a ranking after you. Is that you're ranking them I'll go from one through four, or you're just going to give it like a zero to a hundred, a Scoville go. Let's do that. Yeah. Scoville okay. score. <laughs> hundred, zero to a hundred. I'll hotness. agree. Um, okay. So my
0: first take was uh, that TikTok and YouTube will coexist. This is not my first take. This is my least hot take. TikTok and YouTube will coexist because there's such different use cases that people will just spend their time on each platform and it's fine. Uh, this is, met a tiny bit of pushback because people said that they're spending a little bit less time on YouTube and more on TikTok, but I generally still stand by the fact that they will coexist. I'm giving this a ranking of 35 out of 100.
2: I would. This is a cold take, I think. I think this is, yeah, I I think that's totally reasonable. I would argue shorts almost feel different than TikTok while still being short form content. Um, TikTok to me feels more meme and quick hits where YouTube shorts feels a little more like a good discoverability platform for main channels. Main channels yeah. are still the focus on short cycles. Yeah,
0: TikTok, you don't have that other extra thing behind mm-hmm. like what people are trying to help you find on TikTok. Uh, yeah, th- I'm giving it a 35.
4: Not that hot. Mm, 10. 30, 30, 10 Scovilles, 35 Scovilles? 35 so. out of 100 Scovilles possible. All right, that puts us, you know, in between a bell pepper and a banana pepper. So <laughs> yeah, let's, well, let's well,
0: turn up mean, the heat here. here. Okay, if we want to use a real Scoville skull, let's go zero to 100,000.
4: I have the Scovilles... Yeah, whole what is chart in like, front of me? 100, I mean,
0: it gets to like absurd, like million plus Scoville, 100's 100
4: but...
2: less than a jalapeno, right? Like 100's yes. a, 100 is
4: nothing.
0: Yes. 100,000, I mean. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was, yeah. yeah. 100,000 nice. like, is a yeah, pretty good. 100,000? That's pretty hot. That's scotch, scotch bonnet.
4: bonnet. That exactly scotch bonnet.
0: Well played. Thank you, well Sean played. Evans. So let's go zero to 100,000. Okay. That was a 35. <laughs> cool. That was a 35. <laughs> okay, yeah. bell pepper.
2: Yeah, that was a piece of paper. Yeah, not that
0: hot. <laughs> Okay, uh my next hottest take was that 5G sucks, mostly because most people agreed with me.
2: Yeah, 5G is just I not good. I think right. there was like one use case that I saw it in and I believe New York has pretty decent 5G apparently. So and, if you
0: live yeah. in a developed city near a tower, I, it's not can, it's not
2: millimeter wave though. It's oh, C-band? Yeah, is mid, that what it mid-band Yeah, C-band. mid-band is mm-hmm. like pretty solid. And that is so niche. And yeah, I guess if you're in a city, that's awesome. So if
0: you are a podcast listener in one of the like hundred countries, that's not New York City. You probably would agree that 5G is pretty bad.
2: Would you argue that if I change that sentence to um, if your parents ask you if they should upgrade to 5G, you should say no. Is that just not, is that the coldest take ever now? Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a fact. Yeah, it's just a fact. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If cool. you
0: if they're if your parents are like, Hi, I'll, I'm choosing between these two phones and I'm deciding if I should pick the one of five G or not, you could just say, Yeah, save your money, mom and dad. Not worth it right now. Ellis looks mad at me saying
4: that. Well, do any phones not have five G.
0: Thanks I think to that, carriers, like, that's actually a really good point. Thanks to carriers, most phones have five G. Yeah. And they're all more expensive and all the plans are more expensive and all the battery lives are all worse. And, and they get hotter. What? And they get hotter mm-hmm. and, and it's like for what?
2: For what? Yeah, like I think you more might speeds on. 5G. You might be right. There was a moment though where I know like Verizon was trying to upgrade people into the 5G plan, oh, yeah. and they like stole. whether they had a 5G phone or not. I know my mom texted me asking if she yeah. should do that. I was like, no. Yeah, please don't do, do it. not.
0: So on the Scoville scale, I'm putting 5G sucks only because there are people in New York who would disagree. I'm putting this at at 1,000.
2: Yeah, I'll go like. Sure, uh, I will go there because I know there are people who disagree. I. No point of me is excited about 5G Every time for I another see a, five years, at least. Same. Every time I see a new
0: 5G denomination in my status bar, I do a speed test, and it's like 600 kilobits per second, and I'm like, what is happening? And
2: doing? you've lost 5% battery yeah. <laughs> No, no, this is good. So All that
0: right.
4: puts us at a uh, Poblano Poblano. So a
0: tiny little nice. bit of spice. That's take a it. good...
4: I like that number.
0: Okay. I had two more. Second to highest, nobody cares about panel gaps. Real people don't care about panel caps. Customers who are buying Teslas are not actually asking or caring about panel gaps. This is
2: something we've talked about a hundred times on this episode. This um, one got real pushback. I think the wording of it makes sense. I think yeah. it makes it seem just like it's like people don't notice it or like that they're they can't be like it feels like you're telling them they're not allowed to be upset. I know that's not what you're saying, but that's what it sounds like when you put that. Therefore, I think the take is hot. Interesting. I do agree with you that it is on a bottom of the list aspect of things. And I think that happens in a lot of things. And I just, when I hear that sentence, it makes it feel like, we can just forget about panel gaps. And I think it's still something that yeah. Tesla needs to severely improve on.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I had to break that down in the video, of yeah. course. After the the title of the hot take, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. here's what I'm actually saying. Um, but I did sort of end it with like, all right, you could you could have a car dropped in your driveway tomorrow, a Tesla Model Y or a, what, a Mustang Mach-E, and you can trade the panel gaps on the Model Y for something from the Mach-E. What do you pick? What do you want from the Mach-E? Anything. The software, the performance, the tires, the sunroof, anything. The CEO and like it's it's pretty <laughs> far down the list. So I'm like, yeah, most people who are buying a Model Y, or a Model Three, or a Model S, it's pretty low on the list. But there are plenty of people whose pushback was simply. I care about panel gaps.
2: <laughs> I mean, we <laughs>
0: individually care. And a lot of people <laughs> who work actually for Tesla did chime in and say a surprising amount of people actually refuse delivery or at least bring up the panel
2: gaps. I think the thing that also is, is they're variable. The funny thing mm-hmm. about it, the worst panel gap I've ever seen on a Tesla was the Model Y that they lent us for a video as a yeah, review unit. It was in terrible shape. It was oh, the hood felt like half an inch underneath the gap to the front bumper. It looked yeah. like it had an underbite and you could see it from every single angle. And I... And the spoiler was half falling off. The f- spoiler was... Uh, yeah, I don't even know if that's a panel gap or just like a glue just, issue, but...
0: Well, there was also parts inside the car that were like f- the the headliner was kind of peeling yeah. off. It was just a poorly <laughs> early Model
2: Y. So... Yeah. It, yeah. It, that was one where like I kept thinking to myself, if I wanted to buy a nice car, the best part about a nice car is that like... Parking it, taking ten steps, and turning around and being like, "Who? I own that. That's really cool." I will.
0: I will. I will only adjust your statement a little bit. Buying an expensive car.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Like. Well. Yeah. My Impreza. I wasn't doing that very often. This is the 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 number one piece
0: of feedback I heard was if I spent that much money on a car, it is very true. I would care about panel caps. That's the that's the main argument.
2: I, I think that's a solid argument, and I still think your argument rings true to it as in there's so many other things in it that are better than other cars in comparison but like if you were to buy an eighty thousand dollar mercedes and saw that you'd be much more upset for whatever reason the it stigma would just behind depend it on is why you're different.
0: buying that car if i'm buying an eighty thousand dollar mercedes i'm probably looking for certain luxury things yeah. certain comfort things and i don't care
2: about performance as much so i'm okay. not mad when it's the slowest one how about this then all of the people, though, who like to as well say like, well, Tesla is just as nice as a Mercedes or Tesla is just as nice to that. They need to wake up and realize that in the quality control aspect of things, no, they are not. dead. Wrong. It's worse. Okay, it's just fair. worse.
0: I'm just saying like uh, make
2: your if, argument realistically. Yeah. If okay. you
0: line up a bunch of cars for the cool. same price, I might decide to buy a Land Rover because I want to off road. I'm not mad that it's slow. And people are like, "Well, for eighty thousand dollars, it should be fast." Well, that's your opinion on what Fair. you want in a car. So again, you line up your priorities. I'm giving my take. Tesla customers don't care about panel gaps. I'm giving that a twenty-four thousand. Not even. That I'll hot. go.
2: I'll go forty thousand. Okay. I think it's a bit hotter just because of. The, the, the fact that we had to explain it that much in turn yeah, means yeah, it yeah. was hotter. The yes. hotness of the, the not tape. Yeah, trying not to get dumped on by everybody. Can I just <laughs> say, Ellis has like
3: 1,500 tabs open just now. So as <laughs> you guys right, are daddy. wrapping up, he's like frantically switching what? tabs <laughs> looking for the Scoville. <laughs> Have you found the Scoville scale?
4: I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I'm constantly, like, researching and Googling and fact-checking and stuff while we're doing this, Mm. but it gets a little out of hand. What what was the Scoville? It was between, like, 25 and 40. 25 to 40,000. habanero? That... No, 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 no. We're nowhere close. That puts us sort of in the cayenne pepper, Thai pepper Mm.
0: range. Or if you have enough of
4: it, it's hot. No, no, no. I take that back. Tabasco cayenne is where that, where that puts us. Yeah.
2: The real aspect might be what makes that hot as well, because then people... Who do care about it? Feel like they don't. It it. Fe- it feels like that, like the truth about, or like the contrarian, the contrarian take of like, well, everyone else is lying to you, and I'm going to tell you the real deal about it. Yeah. So I think that's what also creates the hotness.
0: Yeah, I guess that the longer, and more detailed take is people who choose to buy Teslas aren't buying it for the build quality. Yeah, <laughs> that's the longer version of it. All right. <laughs> It right, doesn't quite ring up. Yeah, not as hot, quite as not well, as yeah. spicy for for sure. Uh, the number one hottest take is that crypto is just gambling. That, uh, that I, was, think I agree 100%. A shocking amount of people found massive offense to this. Now, I wouldn't say it's uh, it's a majority. I still think most people would agree, and especially in the wake of like what happened with FTX and like what happens with Bitcoin every couple of months. like We kind of are on the same page that most of the time when people are talking about crypto, they're talking about investing to try to make money. And that's, to me, mostly gambling because the difference between investing in a company that is public, that has value, that makes products, who you, oh, can, well, that... who you can assess based on those products. Like if I see Apple comes out with a new product and then I go, that's a good product. They're offering more value to the world. They're more valuable. I will buy their stock. Their stock price goes up because of it. That makes sense. That is not gambling to me. It makes sense. When someone buys crypto, especially when it's not Bitcoin, and there's just like a, a rampant speculation about the price might go up because who knows, and it has doesn't really ever present any utility other than it's a new crypto, and it maybe has some new fringe feature, but no one's ever going to adopt it, and then the price goes up or down, and hey, you should put your money in, to me, that is just a slot machine, and I have no problems <laughs> leaning on that take pretty heavily because... <laughs> It just keeps getting proved true. Um, but a lot of people uh, in the crypto space, I think, generally take issue with any negative sentiment about crypto okay. because they want it to be the future.
1: Um,
2: I, I will all talk like, listen, I, I do not know. I don't want to get <laughs> this one. I'll, I'll be honest. I a lot of times I feel like the stock market is gambling as well. I don't even. But but less I don't know. I don't. Than- Whatever. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have a four hundred one k. I guess, but like, other than that, I don't invest really in anything. Which I'm sure a lot of people will tell me I'm a moron for. But whatever. Um. I think my only Dogecoin. I do. I do think crypto, and we've talked about this with NFTs. Also, is like the gambling aspect of it is the the most. Headline grabbing because somebody's people selling an NFT for $69 million is a a headline. Mm -hmm. Like people making tons of money when they invested $30 in Bitcoin in 2007 and now they're multi-millionaires because of what it's done is a headline. There is stuff on the blockchain that's actually interesting and we've talked about it before and just like fully agree. there is some technology there that's really cool. But I would argue the majority of crypto stuff that gets flooded into my Twitter that I still haven't muted somehow is probably more gambling aspect stuff. So like, yeah. listen, there there's some stuff back there, but I, I most of the stuff I see feels like gambling for sure.
0: It feels similar to the 5G take in some ways because there is a subset of people who are like, I pay for things with Bitcoin. I use crypto all the time. I, it I has I real application. Bitcoin? Well, I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, there are there are some no, companies there's... who accept Bitcoin and, and there are some bodegas in New York City that accept Bitcoin. I am not one of those people who has ever bought anything with Bitcoin ever. I think that's most people. And I think most people who do buy Bitcoin never intend to buy anything with the Bitcoin. Most people who buy crypto, Ethereum, Dogecoin, any other random coins or tokens that seem to have some random spur of the moment flash in the pan value are not intending to use it for anything other than to sell it later to some sucker and make some money off of it gambling
2: it's and it's insanely more prevalent right now with just all the rug pull schemes that happen and i don't want to like discredit maybe some of them the better ones but like there are so many things staining the atmosphere and yeah and crypto in general is just has a permanent stain on it that i don't think you'll ever be able to shake whether that's it's the creator's fault of that or not it's happened
0: even nfts like get looped into crypto because of obviously what they're based on but like I love artists being able to be properly credited for their work long after they make the piece of art. That also makes a lot of sense. I also think it would be cool if the deed of my house one day was actually an Mm -hmm. NFT. And after I made that video, I got a company that reached out and said, you can actually do that now. And I was like, cool, but I'm not going to do it. No. I'm not going to do it.
2: Uh, No, like I agree. I I was thinking this morning, like, I don't know where my birth certificate is. If it was on the blockchain, that would be way easier. And that's the boring stuff in there. Somewhere in the future will happen. Future generations, Um, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Thanks for listening to the Cancel the Waveform <laughs> host episode. The comments I'm, are going to be spicy I, here.
0: I have to give this one closer to like an 80,000 oh, yeah, 80,
2: on the uh, the hot take on the spice
0: scale because by of pure the veracity that I was disagreed <laughs> with. If we're judging
2: by pace. veracity, I think you've broken the scale. I'll some, go, yeah, yeah,
4: 90. 90K, yeah, that's right. pretty good. We're firmly in uh, Thai pepper range. Nice, now. Yeah, um, spicy,
0: spicy, cool. I like it
4: sweet what you is alert? a ghost
0: pepper can... out of curiosity like three hundred thousand or something
4: uh 800 900 000, it can go up to a million damn yeah i didn't have any takes that spicy
2: <laughs> it's hard to make a taste that, Giannis, take that spicy.
0: Giannis is the best power really? forward of all time
4: i think that oh, yeah. isn't uh, i've said more insane things about basketball <laughs> in this room <laughs>
2: <laughs> i like we'll figure it
3: out yeah i think that's true <laughs> it might be true <laughs> my hottest take is google's google chrome is going to be gone soon soon yep i say five you years. you said five years yep. right five years Google that chrome i have a gone. hard time seeing that's my hottest that what's
2: taking lot. over internet explorer it's not out whatever's taking over is not, out yet. Is not out yet. Out something out is going to kill something chrome new in five is years and will kill chrome that is a spicy take someone's investing in something over there. there's a lot, of, there moms, behind there's behind the a lot of moms and dads who just
4: fire up whatever their kids tell them which is just gonna take forever to kill there's also a lot of moms and dads who don't have any available ram That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) And with that, we'll move on to trivia. (laughs) Oh, do you want to be red? Trivia
0: time. Look at my camera. Usually I'm the chevron. Oh. So now we swapped. Boom. All right. What's the question I forgot? Oh,
4: Oh. right. That's my job. Yeah. (laughs) So question number one. What is the name of the European Science Center where both the Higgs boson was discovered and the World Wide Web was invented and... Uh, I'll accept the name of the center or the country it's in, and if you want to go for both, I'll give you a little 2 point. you are two, okay. Just to make David even more behind you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who wants to reveal first? I'm, this was very gut
0: feeling. I just wrote down what I felt in my gut.
4: I think I might have overcooked the questions this week a little bit, so I'll- <laughs> that, that second one is tough. All right.
2: Yeah.
0: I got an answer. You got an yeah. answer? Yeah. Oh, I think you're right.
2: right. I think you're right on...
0: I think you're right on Switzerland.
2: I think I'm right on Switzerland. I just wrote Large Hadron Collider. Same. B- but I don't think that's the name of the science center. Same.
0: Yeah. And I, I wrote CERN because I think it's at or around
4: CERN. And I don't remember what CERN stands
2: that for. That name sounds correct. Cool. What, is, is that it? 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 CERN? So,
4: okay. So it it's called CERN, okay. not the Large Hadron Collider. Okay. Sorry, I was Andrew. pretty sure. That's fine. It is on the border... Of France and Switzerland. Okay. Oh, so I'll give you that. That's each of it. you guys get one point. Okay. okay.
2: That's fair. Together. <laughs> Together. We are
0: scientists. <laughs> Together we overcome David. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on the border. That's
2: solid. CERN, good job with that. Yeah. The minute you turn that I was like <laughs> Yeah,
4: that Same, sounds That's also the I was like, yeah. Do you know what CERN stands for? No. I was trying to think. I don't remember. It's in French. There's no reason you would know. Oh,
0: is E for European at all?
4: Uh, yeah, but the French word for European, which is still Euro- kind of European. Yeah, but... yeah. What does is, what is it stand for? <laughs> 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 you
2: End
3: with all. that. Really asking a lot it's of me. It's French.
4: It's more French. There right. we go. I, not even, nope, not even okay. go for it. I'll, it. I'll Google it. I'll
0: try it. I'll try to cancel myself last on. Chat, 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 chat. My
4: my girlfriend speaks pretty fluent French, so if she ever listens to this, I would never live it down. So I'm just gonna okay pass it on to you. CERN. Oh, the European Conseil Européen pour
0: la Recherche Nucléaire.
4: That the is the weird. C- the Center for European
0: Research of Nuclear, basically. That makes sense. I'm glad. This video is so scary. <laughs> <laughs> Comments will be
4: spicy. All right. The second one I don't think I know the answer to. All right. Question number two. In 2017, <laughs> Dara Kosroshahi became Uber's second CEO. What was he the CEO of before?
2: Mm.
0: He?
4: he. Does that
2: change your answer?
0: I remember the first the first guy really messed up.
2: Yeah, I do remember listening to that Uber pod, that podcast about like the start of Uber, but I don't think they got into the secondary aspects of it.
0: Yeah, this is like the founder that made it all the way to the point where he became the villain. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. <laughs> all
2: right, ready? Yeah, turn. Lyft felt like the obvious one, but it like, I don't know. I wrote hotels.com.
4: Weirdly, hotels.com is kind of close. He was the CEO of Expedia. Uh, if that you were going to say, was
2: I, I was thinking Airbnb first because it just felt similar. And then Expedia travel. I was in the like hospitality range, but I didn't want to go straight to Lyft. Of just like <laughs> like Uber just poaching the CEO Jeez, of Lyft him. and him swapping over feels like it would have been a bigger story. And I would have known that. Funny. But. Yeah. Wow. All right, I'm proud of Hotels.com. Then. Pretty close. No points. No points. But pretty close. But a so p- almost a score. Respectable. Respectable. Uh, respectable. Marquez was.
3: Andrews. tied at 15. David okay. has nine. Let's give him eight. Okay, David has eight. <laughs> <laughs> David's, very, David's very competitive, so we
0: like to it's mess perfect. with him. Well, that's been a. We went over for sure, but that's a long, yeah. excellent episode of Waveform. Welcoming everyone back by just talking our faces off. Yep. Um, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for watching the clips. Thanks for hanging around. Catch you guys very soon in the next one. Peace.
2: <laughs> Waveform is produced by Ellis Rowan and Adam Molino. We are partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill. That outro may have been AI. <laughs>